when you come across individuals and you think, geez, um, this man would be very proud of what he's been able to achieve in his life. And I think anyone that's living their dream um, can sit back and have a glass of red and, and look back and say, well, I've, I've actually done a pretty good job. And I admire this uh, man who's about to join us so much because he has built his empire from scratch. He's loved this game. He's gone through all the right avenues and then he's worked out how the, what the best way to be the best at what he does. And he has a big day in front of him now, Henry Field, because he's from Newgate Farm, because they've got the favourite, of course, in the Caulfield Guineas with Militarise. And they also own a slot in the Everest. And think about it, the favourite will be representing the Newgate slot. I speak of Henry Field, and he joins us here on Race Card on SEN Track on this Saturday morning. Good morning to you, Henry. Um, which race are you looking forward to most, the Everest or the Caulfield Guineas, as I say hello? Good morning, Gareth. Good morning, Quinny. Yeah, it's going to be a great day, and I'm incredibly excited for both races. Uh, Gareth, the, uh, as, as, you, as you can attest to in Sydney, the atmosphere in the, uh, around town is electric. I was down getting my coffee earlier, and there were good random people talking about the Everest, and when, when good random people are talking about a horse race, it's great for our business. It is. Henry, I was been in Sydney, and I've enjoyed a build-up to the Everest on a few occasions, but I arrived on Wednesday night all through the airport when you jumped in the Uber. Everybody is talking about this Everest. They've had some terrific functions around this race. It's all through the newspapers, on, on your TV screens. There's billboards everywhere. Johnny O'Neill must be making a fortune off Peter Volandis this week. <laughs> um, so, but it, the Everest has come much more than just a horse race. It's become an event. And as I said at the top, you've got Caulfield, which I love Caulfield, and it's all about tradition today um, with the Caulfield Guineas in that meeting. But Peter Volandis has proven that you can innovate, and it's all about the innovation at Randwick with the, with the Everest and, and the King Charles and even the Kosciuszko. There'll be 50,000 there at Randwick today. And what he's been able to do for this sport, I don't think he could put a price on, Henry. Yeah, Peter's a uh, Peter's a hell of an operator. Uh, he's driven. He funny. It's funny thing. I, I was I was talking about it at a function through the week. But when he first came up with the idea of of, of the Everest seven or eight years ago, he actually ran, called me into his office and said, "You spend a lot of time in America. Uh, they've, they've got it one of these slot races in America. What do you think? Do you think we could pull it off in Australia?" And I said, Peter, it's no good. It doesn't work, you know. And the American one has been an absolute disaster. But what Peter managed to do is he, he really he really thought about it and managed to put a, a, a model in place that gave the Everest not only longevity but the ability to thrive and now be one of the world's most important horse races. And that's quite a remarkable achievement uh, to think that this race this race was, was not even a thing seven or eight years ago is just extraordinary. Just just on that, Henry, Nicholas Quinn's about to join us as well. But So how come it didn't work in America and it's worked here? What's been the difference? I think I think the fact that the that the uh, the, the broader public's got behind the race here, I think, was is hugely important. And I think, uh, from a mechanical point of view, I think the fact that Peter uh, put the slot holders into longer positions. So essentially, in America, you'd only take a slot if you had it for one year. So you'd only take a slot if you had a horse good enough to run in the race. Which which often that's not the case. Six months out from a big race. It, it, they're generally not a full field of like a, of, of, of single figure chances, so to speak. Whereas what Peter did that was so smart is he went to, to, to corporations, stud farms, leading owners, 
and put together uh, a package for them to take a slot that would go over multiple years and multiple a commitment for multiple years, which meant that that it became a, a game of chess between slot holder and horse owner, as opposed to slot holder being horse owner, so to speak. And I think that was the genius to it. There's no room for modesty when you're on SEN track, Henry. If Cam Luke was telling that same story, he would have said Peter Volandi's invited him to the office and then you got the Everest idea going and up and running. So it's a refreshing humility on this program. But I just want to talk to you about Militarise because this horse has just been absolutely wonderful. And I'd like to talk to you about what you were probably thinking maybe 12 months ago because he showed promise as a two-year-old, but I think even in your wildest dreams, you probably wouldn't have thought 12 months down the track he'd be favoured for the Caulfield Guineas on the back of a dominant win in the Golden Rose. I know he had excuses in the Golden Slipper, but he was beaten nearly 20 lengths as 100 to 1. So it's been an incredible improvement as he's progressed. It has been. But what I will say, Quinny, is that he, he won very well first time out uh, in, in what, what was a pretty strong 1,200-metre uh, two-year-old race at Canterbury. When he progressed from that, he was just working incredibly well, so much so that Chris Swaller, who's a very, obviously a master trainer, but a conservative trainer, was adamant he wanted to run the horse in the Golden Slipper at 100 to 1. And that's not a Chris Swaller move. So when Chris was so bullish to do that, you knew at that point that he thought he was something very good because it's just not Chris's style to, to throw horses in Golden Slippers for the sake of it. And, uh, and that particular day, he was pushed into the rail and, and Ryan Maloney um, essentially stopped riding him. But uh, he's a horse that Chris has always had a, had, a, had a massive, massive opinion of. And it doesn't surprise me to see that he's, that he's really progressed since his two-year-old days. So after that golden slipper, Henry, he went on to some great deeds, winning a couple of group ones. Do you ever think if he didn't get chopped out of that, that slipper, what might have happened at 100 to 1? Well, I don't think he was a hundred to one shot, but 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 yeah, the probability is you never know, do you? But uh, you know, obviously the slip is a very hard race to win, so it's, it's probably a moot point. But he cert- like he certainly wasn't in there to make the numbers up, right? Like he was uh, yeah. he was a horse that he was a horse that Chris was adamant to to, to run, and 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 he he and don't forget he'd just been run third, but not that big a margin behind Cylinder in the in the Todman two weeks earlier. So his two off form pre slip was pretty good, right? Henry, what are you thinking today? Sorry, sorry, Gareth. What are you thinking today, Henry? And what's the team saying? Because he looks so well-placed in the Caulfield Guineas. A lot of punters will be behind him. What are the confidence levels like? Uh, Horse horse is very happy. Horse is very healthy. Um, Joe's very uh, bullish about his prospects. I suppose if if you're looking at it in a balanced way, maybe it doesn't map perfectly. Um, I think the the on-speed horses, the way the race might shape, might have an advantage. But he may well be the best horse in the race, and hopefully he can overcome that. But uh, obviously, we've got great respect for Stefati, who looks, you know, really, really excellent colt in his own right. And there's two or three other pretty good horses in there that um, some have the ability to, to to roll more forward, and they might be hard to run down given the, the way the, the race might shape. But the horse himself is very healthy, he's very well, and the confidence levels are very positive. Have you booked a jockey for the Cox Plate yet? No, we'll just get through today first. I, I don't. Yeah, I think we'll have no problem getting a jockey if he was doing today. I think he, he would have no issue. But we just thought we'd get through today first and and um, and see how how he goes and see if he's still you know progressing in the right direction. And we can certainly look at that after today if he was to run well or win today. Um, uh, but he's yeah he's he's really he's really in good order and um, 
he's you know and he's he's you know this has been his target race. The Corfield Guineas has been his target race for the preparation. So so it's not you know this is the race that, he, that Chris has had no doubt from as his as his uh, you know his, his big one and, and hopefully he can he can run accordingly. So explain just yeah, from a bis- bis- sorry, Quinny, just from a business point of view here, um, Henry, if you win a Caulfield Guineas, what does that mean for your business at Newgate? Like, how much more value does a horse that go on to a horse if they win a, 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 a Group One Caulfield Guineas? Well, any time a colt, a good colt, a really good colt, or any colt wins a time-honoured race like Caulfield Guineas, uh, which is a stallion-making race, a race that's been won by so many. Exceptional stallions over over the last few decades. Uh, it's a huge value add, and um, you know he's he's a horse that uh, he's done enough already to be a very very highly sought after commercial stallion. But every time you add a, a you know a major race like a Caulfield Guineas onto a horse's resume, it just adds another layer of the cake to keep building his profile. Now, Henry, you didn't fall for Gareth's trip then, uh, trap then. That was very impressive. Instead of saying, do you think you'll go to the Cox Plate? He's too smart for us, Gareth. He says if you booked a jockey and then you might accidentally start answering that question. It all <laughs> Should he get the job done today? He's currently $9 for the Cox Plate. I wouldn't be stunned if he was favourite or close to favourite. Now, you've got to get through today. The horse has got to pull up well. But should both those things happen, is the Cox Plate firmly on the radar? Yeah, I would say that would be our intention should he win today and pull up well. Well, that is exciting, um, Henry. And just with the the Everest, I think it works because it's a marketing machine and it markets itself. Like I've um, put out the example there over the last week. Imperatrice wins a Moya. They say that she's not going. And instead of everybody talking about how she's going to be hard to beat in a Manicato or a, a Dali Sprint or a Champion Sprint at Flemington, they're talking about... Will she go to the Everest? Will there be a late call-up or a deal that's too good to refuse? Or what are they thinking? Um, or have they got too much money? So the Everest dominated the conversation around her, even though they said that she, she wasn't going to go. Um, but from a slot point of view, do you enjoy, and I've talked to a few of the slot holders, I think that it's not just the race that they get a kick out of, it's the it's the negotiations at the, at the, 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 at the table, Henry, that everybody enjoys in a way. Well, Gareth, to, to, to those two points, the first is I totally agree. The beauty of the Everest is these are horses that, that are the, the, the best horses that race in Australia. They're, they're horses that, you know, in their, in their, in their uh, distance division, but they're horses, we, are, we breed the best sprinters in Australia. So these are horses that could compete and win anywhere in the world in, in the jurisdiction in, in, as far as um, in any sprint race in any jurisdiction. And what I think is so right, and Imperatrice is a great example, is people are not only talking about the horses in the race, horses they all know so well, horses that are familiar to them, but they're also talking about horses that didn't get in the race, right? Yeah. And that, to me, is the, is the key to this thing, is that, is that you need racing. You need racing that people know the horses. And, 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 and whilst I love races where you have a lot of internationals, etc., the average punter, the average you know, the person that, that loves their racing... It doesn't know a lot of these horses, but I'll tell you one thing: they know all twelve horses in the Everest. Yeah, and that's the that's the, that's the success of it, Quinny. And I, I've said this a few times that I think the VRC need to have a think and reshape what they do about the Melbourne Cup. And I love the international; you need international presence. But once upon a time, the internationals came and they were household names in a way in the UK, in Ireland, like a, the Oscar Schindlers, the the Septimuses, the Yates. But they couldn't win because top weights, it's difficult to win a Melbourne Cup. So they've gone with their, 
They're progressive types that no one really knows about too much because they're lightly raced. So it's it needs to be the most uh, the biggest race in the country to win the Melbourne Cup. But we need to start to look at Brisbane Cup qualifiers, Perth Cup qualifiers, um, Adelaide Cup qualifiers. So the narrative continues throughout the year with the Melbourne Cup, Quinny, and other states embrace it as well a little bit more. Yeah, spot on, Gareth. And we've said this a few times, and I'm in total agreement with you here that and. Just to add to what Henry said, it's like following your footy team with these horses. You know, a few months out, I like, I wish I win. I want to follow the campaign. I know what he's doing. I've seen his run at Caulfield. I'm hearing from Peter Moody. And it's the same with all those horses at the pointy end of the market. I use I wish I win as an example. But you can make it for all of them where two months out, Aussie punters, they know these horses. They have a connection with these horses. They've backed these horses. They know the trainers. So it's easy to associate with them. And, you can have good pub chat about any of the hot top horses in the market. I wish I win. Private eye, think about any of them at your local pub. And that's what you want. You want punters to be able to talk about the horses and make a case for them and against them. And feel for them. I know they're backing winners and backing a winner is important. But look at Militarised as an example. A horse that has now been going around in Australia. He's only three years old, but he's had a couple of campaigns and there are no doubt punters that have latched onto him. They like his racing style. They like the way he goes about it. If he goes onto the Cox Plate, he'll have almost a fan base behind him where if it's an international coming for one run and then they're gone, it's very hard to get that warmth to them. And that's a little bit challenging when you look back on the great history of our sport where you can make the great rivalries, your Sunlines, your Northerlies, your Lonros. We need more of that. Yep, totally agree. Henry, outside of Militarise or Newgate Farms, um, team and you've got a you've got a pretty handy team these days at Newgate Farm. Um, who is the one horse you would love to own? Oh, that is a uh, that is a great question. But if I could own one horse that was in training yes. in Australia today, it would have to be Shinzo. He's a very well-bred Golden Slip winner, okay. and I reckon he'll run a very cheeky race in the Everest today. The uh, the intelligence is that he's going very very well. That would be a masterful training performance by Waller. Two out of five lame, 1,400 back to 1,200 second up against the best sprinters in the land. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, who knows? But, but, but you know, it's... Um, he could be a freak. I think he's a good horse, and I think that they've set him for today. So it'll be interesting. But he's, he's, the, he's the most, from a you know, commercial point of view, from a New York point of view, he's the, he's the, he's the, he's the, uh, the most valuable horse in training. Um, but yeah, there's some, some ripping horses going around and Mr. Brightside, he's a ripper, isn't he? Yes. What a great horse. What, what, what a great horse. Uh, you know, he's everything I love in a horse. What, what's interesting also in the Everest, he was a very inexpensive horse, Mr. Mr. Brightside. I think only one, only one horse in the whole race sold for more than $200,000 a year in the Everest. So, so, you know, it's a, it, I think it, it, it just shows that. Um, when only one when only one horse in the Everest sold for more than two hundred thousand yearling, it means that people yeah. buying into these syndicates have a real chance of getting a proper horse and an Everest an Everest runner. And you've got state of rest at the farmer Cox Plate winner. You've got two Cox Plate stallions winning stallions. So we've got the two favourites in our best sprinting race in Savabil with I Wish I Win, and of course, so you think we think about it. Um, it's not as simple as you you guys make it out this breeding caper. <laughs> No, but I tell you what, the Cox Plate, <laughs> the Cox Plate is a seriously important stallion-making race. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's it really is. It's a real test. It's a it's a race where the best milers, the best milers, the best Australian milers can win, 
you know, the good, the top middle distance horses can clash. Uh, the the overseas horses don't get handicapped. It's a really, it's a, to me, the Cox Plate is, you know, alongside a Golden Slipper, and I think an Everest will also develop into the same uh, uh, situation to be the most important stadium-making races in, in Australia. It's going to be a great day. I saw Mark Chittick. He had about 50,000 beers yesterday drinking responsibly, of course. I think he was with Anthony He's one of the great men, Mark yep. Chittick. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, he's a, he's a good friend of all, many of us Aussie breeders. We'd all love to see him when if, if none of us could. Yeah, I think if you had an Australasian drinking session amongst all of the, the, the head honchos at the different farms in this, in this beautiful part of the world, you'd Mark would probably be a dollar oh one, I reckon. He'd be, the, he'd be the captain. He'd be the captain of the team. That's for sure. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. Right, it's, it's a great. It's a great day and an exciting day. And and I think you know everybody that's participating in the day. Um, yeah, we're just we're just privileged to be involved, aren't we? Well, Henry, you're living the dream. You've done a wonderful job with Newgate Farm and to build that business as big as it's as it's become in such a a relatively short time in this game has been quite extraordinary and yet you could have a Guineas winner today and you could be an Everest winner as well. So um, wherever Henry's going tonight, I'll be, I'll be following closely because he'll be shouting. Um, we appreciate your time, Henry. Um, and um, hey, the driver's just sent through a text message. He says that um, he says, tell Henry he's done. He sounded perfect. Uh, he, he sounded um, tremendously well today and he, I couldn't really um, say what he said, but he was praising well, you. Yeah, all, and he said all, sequestered. All, all, all I was saying, I reckon I would have given Mark Chittick a run for his money yesterday. It was a good. Uh, it was a good. It was a good blowout, but it's all part of the fun, isn't it? So the driver said sequestered into Tom Kitten. There you go, Henry, into well, um, militarise. Well, as, as as you always say, go the driver. He knows. He knows. Yeah, he does. He's not he a guesser. Know. He knows. No, he's not a guesser. Um, thanks very much, mate. We appreciate your time on such a busy day, and good luck. Cheers, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.